0: Thank you, worship team. That was amazing. Um, Anyone here for the first time tonight? Welcome, ladies. Welcome. It's really good to have you here. Um, I'll just say in advance, um, I don't know how tonight's going to go, so don't hold it against me. Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. So... um, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and and Matt is here. <laughs> <laughs> <Miracle>. <laughs> we were praying for miracles earlier, so yeah. <laughs> Ryan was in the room too, somewhere. Um, and um, we're going to start the series on sin. And um, normally when Normally, when God uh, says this is the next thing you're going to preach on, I don't know why my ear rejects this thing sometimes. Sorry. Um, I get really excited um, because, you know, if you've been in a kingdom life for any length of time, you know that um, what have we done? Like three series in two years or something, or what? 18 months. I mean, we've we've been sitting in things for a long time. Um, and so I get excited when. I feel the Lord saying, "Like this is next, this is where I'm taking you next. Um, but i, I got to say, when he said um, that the next series is on sin, I, I wasn't excited. Partly because I've never preached on it before. I've never like, done a sermon series on sin. Partly it's like, it's not the topic that you advertise to draw people into church, is it? <laughs> Come along and we'll talk about sin. Even though we should. <laughs> and it's, it's central to our faith, isn't it? Um, and so I'm going I'm to talk a little bit and try to hold things together. Um, I'm just going to introduce a series, which is, which is really to say tonight, I just want to share my heart, okay, and to share what I believe God's been saying. Um, because this, this series is really for us as a body, um, and maybe you here once and we won't see you again. I hope that's not true, but you know, I hope you still get something out of this. But this really is for our body as kingdom life, for those who are getting ready for Super Bowl parties or those who are here, um, that we are going to, I believe, be drawn into a, a level of intimacy with Jesus and a, and, a, and, a, and a maturity. And I think maybe that's the word that excites me the most, that we're actually in a position now where He says, okay, it's time. I can let you think about this. And I can let you wrestle with this. Um, And that does excite me. Now we, when we look at scripture, we we know that God designed us for intimacy. He designed us to walk in the garden. Knowing that sin would answer, well, I guess rebellion and sin already existed in Satan's fall. And he knew we would fall. And he knew he would send his son to die for us. And he knew his son would defeat sin. And he knew we would wrestle. But we sometimes, I think, get stuck there in that wrestle. And I think there's amazing things that are going to come out of this that are going to reveal the reality of what Jesus did on the cross in a way that we haven't experienced before as individuals and then as a community and what Jesus can build on that. Why does this thing keep springing away from my ear? Is it my hair? Um. (laughs) So... A few weeks ago, um, probably three weeks ago, you know, when we were worshiping, um, I just I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, why, why, why sin? What are we doing um, with this? And um, and I, I immediately had this picture um, of of a of a man standing in the distance, and kind of at where the back of the church is, that sort of distance. Um, and 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 as I looked at the man, I realized it was Jesus. And um, and I and so just you know in in my heart, in my spirit, I said, Lord, why, why are you so, so far away? Why are you in the distance? And He didn't answer that question. But as I as I watched Him, He He walked towards me, and and I, you know normally I wear glasses, and it was like I'd put on my glasses that He He started coming into focus. And, and, he, and, he, and he, he made it clear to me, like, he's not distant from us. You know, it's not like we're doing anything wrong. But, it's, but it was like a camera lens coming into focus. That we know him, and we know the wonder of his sacrifice. And, and we know the fact that he is our righteousness. And we know that he fills us with the Spirit. And there are all these things that we know, and he's there, and we know. But I sense this promise from him that he's going to be focusing us in. That there's going to be greater clarity, greater resolution of our knowledge of him and our awareness of him. And that excites me so much. It excites me so much. Um, So um, it's normal um, when I sense the Lord saying, like this is the next thing as well, to, to experience a level of opposition um part of this is kind of the gift of discerning of spirits which is one of the gifts i have which maybe i feel this more than anything else but um i feel it more than others might i don't know but um it's often the fact that the more the more aligned we are with god's will, the more opposition that we will face okay and that's just that's a reality of the christian faith if your life is easy you should probably start to ask yourself some questions okay that's a whole different sermon um (laughs) But it's quite, it's quite common for me to face opposition. And, in, and it'll, it'll often be through irritating people or irritating circumstances, This things meant to kind of derail me, like suck the energy, my attention, things like that. You know? Um, and um, this time it has been different. Because um, I'm kind of used to that and I like saying, yeah, yeah, we're opposed, God's in this, this is great. Um, but this time's been different and it's, it's felt like this incredible, heavy oppression. It's just this weight that I've been carrying around. And that, I'm kind of used to that. It just feels worse than anything I've experienced before. But at the same time, I felt my flesh starting to rebel as well. I'm wrestling with things that I don't normally wrestle with. Temptations I don't normally, I'm not normally tempted by. Things that feel so foreign to me, I don't know what on earth is going on. And um, it got so bad. I went over to Matt and Amanda to pray on Friday, um, and they had an amazing prayer time with them. Um, and then, and and even this morning, I went for a walk because I was, I was still I was still wrestling with some stuff. And um, and again, I felt this weight. And so until I, I just had to kneel down on the ground. And it's like, Lord, what is this? Um, what is this weight? And and he, and, he, and he said, this is your sin. Um, and, and in that moment, I, I had, you know, you have this revelation, well, if this is what I feel from a portion of my sin in this moment, you know, what is it that Jesus felt on the cross with all of our sin for all time? And as soon as he said that to me, it lifted because it's obviously not my yoke to carry. It's not my burden to carry, it's his. And it lifted. But it gave me this taste. Um, you know, And the reason Matt's here and not getting ready for Super Bowl is because I asked him. I said, Matt, I've never felt a weight like this and I, I need you here just to, just to be here. And, I, and there's, there's something really powerful that God's doing. And... Um, as Matt said earlier, um, even as we, as we wrestle with, with some of these things, there's, al- there's also going to be grace and there's going to be delight in this. And this is the ironic thing about sin, and I'm not following my notes at all, um, but I'm turning pages over just so you think I am. Um, just, uh, um Because I had that vision of Jesus and coming into focus. And then he says, talk about sin. And I was like, Lord, why is, how, this seems like a really strange way. Shouldn't I talk about your glory? Shouldn't we talk about your majesty? There were all these other things that we could talk about. Why sin? Seems a really strange way. Um, turn, will you turn to John 3? Scripture we can probably all read, you know, we can always say off by heart, but... Some of the most famous scripture. I'm going to read it, and um, I'm not going to flesh it out too much, but I want this to be in our hearts. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I've not told you earthly things, and you, sorry, if I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Just keep that scripture open because we'll read a little bit more. Last few verses in a while. God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for us. And um, he came that we, would, that we would be made Righteous. He died that we would have access to the Father. He didn't die so that we would kind of muppet our way through this life, wrestling with ups and downs and sin and, and, and getting, being good and being bad and, you know, this kind of half Christian life. That's not why he died. And he died that we would have eternal life, but he died that that eternal life would start now. And we're not going to reach perfection. Okay, but we will reach righteousness through him. And there's so much promise in him. And there's so much beauty in him. And this is the funny thing about sin as I asked him that question. Was that the, <laughs> the more free that we become from sin, the more of him we experience. And the more of the beauty of him that we see. And the more in love with him we will become because we cannot but adore him when we meet him and when we are made free by him. And so as we do this, I believe he's going to bring himself more and more into focus. And, um, <laughs> well, let me just say this as well, just, because um, Kath and I weren't here last week, we went on to Dallas to the upper room church um, Really amazing church. We had a really great time. Really weird having to line up for church. An hour or an hour and a half before it starts. That was weird. But really cool, you know? Um, and um, we were there for three days. And I had some amazing time with God. Um, most of it was kind of just experiencing Him and Him doing stuff. I'm not really sure what it was about yet. Because um, in three days, He only said two things to me. Um, one of those things was personal. And the other was for our body. Um, and it was just a really simple question. Um, and he said, will, will kingdom life be a place where I am adored? And and, and, and just hear me really clearly on this. There was, like, there was no sense of rebuke in that at all. There was a sense of delight of him saying, I know you adore me. I know you worship me with your hearts. But there was this invitation that there is more of him to know. The best, best analogy I can think of is when, when I was like 25 and my boss bought me a sports car, or well, gave me money to buy whichever sports car I wanted, and which was cool, um, obviously. And I, you know, I went to Test Drive, an Alfa Romeo, And this thing was beautiful. And the sound of that Italian engine is just exquisite. And the leather seats and the wooden steering wheel. And the thing cornered beautifully. And we're like test driving this thing for half an hour, driving on table Mountain, and it's just one of life's best experiences. And I'm smiling. And then the guy says, why don't you actually open her up properly? And like I've always been taught to drive between like 3,000 revs and 4,500 revs, but the thing with Alfa Romeo, the Twin Spark, is that it kicks in at about 5,500 revs, the full torque of that engine. And when it does, it sounds like a Ferrari, and it is beautiful. <laughs> and I didn't think my smile could get bigger. But when I hit that 6,000 revs, and the thing was peaking, and the engine was roaring, and I was just, oh my. <laughs> and that's all I needed. I didn't test another car, I just bought that one. You know, and it was amazing. And that's the kind of sense I have, like we're in, this, we're in this sports car and we're purring and it's gorgeous, but God's saying, hey, just put your foot down. Put your foot down, people. And I think there's, there's going to be something that we experience um, if, we, if, we will, if we will step into this series. Um, and there is going to be delight and there's going to be freedom. There's nothing more beautiful than freedom. But sometimes, sometimes it takes courage. Okay. Sometimes it takes courage. Sometimes God will ask us to go places which are hard, but he's only, only, only ever going to ask us because he's a loving father who wants us to be free. A loving father who wants us to be free. And um, part of, part of why, what I, why I shared what I did earlier about really struggling over these last two, two and a half weeks or so, and particularly over the last four days, is, I, um, <laughs> well, when I was on my knees this morning, I said, Lord, do you think we could do something else? I don't like this. Um, but there was no answer. The, o- the answer was obvious. Um, and I shared that because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to go anywhere that I'm not going to go myself. Okay okay, Um, I will, we will walk this road together. Um, And I'm also not going to ask you, none of us are going to walk this road alone. Um, One of my my saddest moments as a Christian and as a church leader um, was praying for a person who was so deeply in pain and had put up so many walls over years and God reached out in one prayer session and revealed the trauma the reason for the trauma of what this woman had gone through and something she hadn't even told her husband and and it was so powerful because she had so many people around her who loved her and this was clearly the father saying it's time it's time but she, she couldn't do it. And she walked away. I was so sad. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, if God calls any of us into that place, please, please don't walk away. There you, have, you, you come with friends, and there are men and women up here who love and truly won't remember what is prayed for afterwards. Don't walk away. So, some of the things that I, some of the things I believe God is promising us in this, um, and this excites me. Um, obviously, we're going to see freedom from bondage. So many of us experience sin that entangles. Um, we just do. And I believe God is going to bring freedom and how beautiful He is when He does that. And part of that is some of us are going to get free from a weak religion and years and years of pretending. There's no life in the pretending people. Okay, there's just no life in it. Um, It's exhausting. And, and it's hard to meet Jesus when we're pretending. And so we, we're going to have chances chance to just get real with him and, and, and let go of the posturing. And, let's, and again, let's have the courage to always choose Jesus. Okay, and um, like I say that like it should be obvious. A, a friend of mine was, was ministering in, in, in Holland, Netherlands, in the Netherlands, and... You know, at a conference, uh, this person came up for prayer. They've got that sort of commitment. They came to a conference. They didn't have to be there. They came to the phone because they wanted to get prayer. And, they, and the call to prayer was if you want to get real with God, that was the call for prayer. And this woman came up, and this man and his wife, this friend of mine, was praying for her. And they said "They said to her, you're having an affair because God revealed it. And God wants you to stop And if you want to get closer to God, you're going to have to give this up because this is not him. And she just walked away. And maybe, maybe, they don't know, maybe the Lord's work was done and she did. But she just shook her head and she walked away. Let's be be real with him. I I know that some of us are going to get free from the tyranny of our own flesh. Mm-hmm. That's in that entangles, those bondages. Sometimes that includes our flesh. And there's so much wonderful scripture. Gosh, it was so hard not to preach on this tonight because you just read the scripture and you're like, oh, yeah, well, crucify the flesh. Yes. So many good things. You know, we're gonna talk about those. <laughs> so wonderful. Part of the series is gonna be about knowing the why of Jesus died. Okay, not just not the why. Of the diets so that we would be forgiven our sins, but the real why? Like, why did you do this for us? How did you love us so much? And going back to you know, came back to the home group that Matt talked about, seven thirty Tuesdays, men in the church, students in the church, every other Tuesday starting this week, Matt's house, seven thirty to nine. That's what we're going to be talking about. You know, reading a book, talking about the gospel, talking about that why talking about how he makes us righteous. And it's going to be amazing just to talk through some of the things that we preach about as well. I know that we're going to see shame die in a lot of us as we get free. And we're going to some of us are going to learn that that life we've been leading where we've been trying to manage our sin and cope with our sin just doesn't work. But with the Holy Spirit we have the power to defeat it. Not just kind of control it or manage it or blink our eyes, you know, but actually to have His power flowing through us and to see victory. So let's go back to John 3 and I'll I'll draw this to a close. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. I think that the, um, the thing that the enemy hates the most is when we bring things into the light. Pain, suffering, bondage, sin, brokenness, all that stuff just loves love surviving in darkness. And Jesus his invitation to us is very clear. That we don't have to be afraid to walk into the light. He is our God, he is our Saviour. We can be like the prodigal son who goes to his Father and, and realizes that the Father runs towards him. Before the repentance, before the acknowledgement of brokenness, before any of that, the Father is running. And let's have, that, let's have that, that mentality in us as we think about things. Like the Lord, if the Spirit starts to say, it's time for you to deal with this. Just remember that he's running towards us. Will we just step into his light and let him bring freedom. A few weeks ago, I'll finish with the story. A few weeks ago, I met with a a Taylor student. And um, it became very clear in our conversation that he had spent his whole life trying to be good, which is admirable, to make good choices. But he has spent his whole life trying to be worthy of Jesus's cross. And when I posed a very simple question, (laughs) did Jesus not die to take away your sin so that you could live from his cross, from his peace, from his salvation, from his righteousness? And what amazed me was that he had never, and his father is a Bible professor, he had never thought of that, that Jesus had made him free. And that his choices in freedom felt so different to his choices trying to earn freedom. He is inviting us to bring things into the light. He's inviting us into freedom. I think as we step into some scripture, it's going to blow our minds when we truly start to see the power of the promise of his word over us. We can start with the scripture, Tyler. You tonight. <laughs> so, will you will you stand with me, um, and let's just pray together? I just want to commit this season to the Lord. Um, over the next few weeks, as well, I'm going to I'm gonna just going to we're, we're going to announce um, we're going to have a, a Lenten fast, and we're going to have some prayer room stuff going on as well, which I'm really excited about. So, this opportunity is for us to step. Let's just step into God's presence together. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. This word sin can be uh, scary and it can be intimidating and But you defeated sin on the cross. And that is the the truth on which we stand. That you defeated sin. And you defeated death. And you came that we would have life and we would have it abundant. That we would not be held hostage to the world or the flesh or the devil. But that we would be sons and daughters of our Father. That is the promise that you gave us. That is the purpose, Lord, of you coming and you dying. So, Lord, even even as I've thought about this series and it scared me a little bit and I have felt this pressure, I feel such hope and such excitement that you are going to bring freedom and so Lord as much as we are able we ask you to move over these next few weeks or months however long you choose to Lord will you move and will you bring freedom to your children and will you bring yourself into greater clarity Lord would you let us see you more clearly Will you in us a new adoration as we experience who you are, Lord? As we experience the freedom that you won for us, and Lord, would you honor us? Would you honor us with your presence in this place? Would you walk with us, Lord, as we leave? I ask Jesus that you would become ever more real and tangible in each one of our lives. And Jesus, we worship you, King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who is worthy of our praise. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen.